Welcome to Carrots and Suffering at D&D Odyssey. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master. I've added national politics to our world for this second half of our campaign, and our heroes are handling it okay for now. Let's go! Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes start their investigation by visiting the scene of the crime, the catacombs, and interviewing the bishop of the silent judge and family patriarch. I see the places where they were interred. Yes, we'll have to go down into the catacombs, but we can definitely do that. Let me get a lantern. Yeah, let's go to the catacombs. Into the catacombs. Into the catacombs. <laughs> Ready to fight something. Okay, does Credence still like catacombs, or has she gotten thoroughly disenchanted with the grossness of death? I don't know. This is just Claire out of character wanting to fight something, because I've been playing Baldur's Gate and the combat is fun. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right, down to the catacombs. Our heroes discover the method of egress, where someone repurposed an older mechanical device to put a hole in the ceiling of the catacombs and then hide it. So I, Mandy, am not understanding what this thing is for. It's a giant body lifting oh, okay. forklift. Oh, I see. Mm. Okay, so they, so they can use it to lift it into niches in the catacombs? It's currently lifted to, like, maximum capacity and is touching the ceiling, yeah. All right, well, could we lower it down? Creedon introduces the party to Harold, a cute kitten, maybe, with an interesting prophecy to share. You found a kitten? Well, no, this this was speaking to me. I found it caught under rubble. It used to look like a frog. Now it looks like a cat. It's, it's something magical. It kept on saying something about Harold and time. When the stars fall to borders nigh, the veil sunders in the sky. Past returns, truth denied. An end and a beginning. A question answered. The world reels. Choices known. Deaths wry. Concluding that the missing bodies are probably in one of the six farmhouses out east of town, our heroes head back to town to interrogate witnesses and maybe check city records to avoid terrorizing farmers unnecessarily. And the first person to interrogate is Galen Gearsmith, Bishop of Divine Hammer, Suspect number one. So, we found one of your devices, and it looks like someone used it. But it's my understanding that specialized knowledge. We're here to talk to you about who you think may have activated the device that removed part of the ceiling from the crypts. Let's get into it. Did you see the star fall? You say you stargaze. Oh, yes. No, I was outside when it fell. It was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I can show you exactly where it fell from. Ah, let me get my charts. So he comes back around and he pulls out these intense, elaborate star charts. And some of them have been converted into constellation drawings. Mm -hmm. And you recognize immediately that each bundle of stars formed into a constellation are arcane runes. It's it's the language of magic written across the sky. And he points here and says, that's the one, that's the one that fell. The star's gone. It's missing. What is that constellation? This is the magic rune for... Shroud. Shroud or veil. Typically the line between life and death. It's a uh, common element in magical formula uh, related to necromancy. Oh, good. It's also what sundered. Bodies being stolen from crypts in Astragar and also from Tuscan, would that be related, do you think? It's impossible to know exactly when the bodies went missing, but I believe the bodies in Tuscan went missing after it fell. 
I think the bodies in Astragar went missing right about the time it fell. It's possible they're related. But I see no reference to bodies or husks. A word like veil or shroud may actually represent the divide between the mortal world and the divine realm, the place where the gods live and where souls return to. If you need any help further, please let me know. The chalice will debate that this should be investigated fully. The promise they'll just fill in the crater and the faded will fall somewhere in between if they bother with politics at all. We will. Thank you. Thank you, Master Galen. You have been very helpful. All and right. He brings you to the door and opens it. Yeah. Yep. Elaine goes out into the evening. Hey, Nate, I have a couple of gen general questions about like the politics of the land. Sure. So the, the translator is the head of the church and like kind of rotates around and is voted on by the council. And It's essentially a pope-like figure. Their real job is when multiple gods have dominion in a scenario, a situation, they decide which god takes precedence. And I think I recall you mentioning before that like in the past there have been translators that did have like favor with multiple gods but that it is pretty rare right so there has only been one person oh, okay. in recorded known history who had the backing of multiple gods and they had the backing of three gods and that was astragarian contessa oh, okay. the prophet and warlord who pulled together the empire and created the the church right and she had favor with the Radiant One, Sister Truth, and Silent Judge? Yes. Hey, I got that right. Nice. <laughs> That's some deep trivia. Uh, all right. Shall we go track down these grown children of Mordrums? Yes, I think we should. All right. Yeah. There is a huge multi-generational house that has probably 15 people living in it right now. This is Tuscan estate of Morgrim Gravebinder. And this pretty massive house is just full of people. When you knock on the door, a six-year-old throws the door open and then goes, Mom! Hmm? A somewhat short, heavyset woman comes out. She looks to be in her mid to late 30s and says, can I, can I help you? Yes, we were here because we need to... We are the Dark Arbiters, and the bishop has assigned us to investigate the missing bodies from the crypt. Oh, and we have spoken to Morgrim, and I'm afraid we also need to speak to all of his children. Well, if you would be so kind to come back in about three hours, most of the children, children, children will be in bed, and you can talk to the adults, or maybe one at a time we could come out. One at a time would be fine. She steps out and shoves a six-year-old back into the room and <laughs> says, go, go, go play with your dad, and closes the door mm -hmm. and says, I am Isolde, Gravebinder. Morgrim's oldest daughter. Good evening, Isold. Sorry to disturb you. It is a pleasure to meet you, Isold. Your family has been in the business of serving in the capacity of the silent judge in Tuscan for a very long time, and I have a lot of respect for all of you. I want to be very clear about that. It's a rare calling, those who, in a young age, understand the balance between life and death and the difficulty that people have with that. But father was a, a wonderful teacher. I imagine that he was. Also, please understand that the questions we have for you are 
in light of this investigation, and they are not meant to be accusatory. Of course, no. Uh, we, we have been just as wronged as everyone else. We want to get to the bottom of this. Part of this inquiry has to do with who all has access to the catacombs, and unfortunately that does boil down to your father and the five of you. We do allow visitations into the front of the catacombs. The door is not locked during daytime hours, so technically it's everyone. But, yeah, it's it would be quite difficult to slip through undetected through the, the funeral home without somebody seeing them. I am given to understand we do not know the exact day the bodies went missing. No, no, they were discovered missing three days ago. Uh, we, we got word about five days ago that bodies had gone missing in Astrakar. We didn't really think anything of it, but once they announced the Inquisition, we did a full audit through the whole catacombs, and uh, we were missing about ten. Just a slightly off-topic question. What are your hobbies? Honestly, mostly raising children at this point. I have three, and they are a handful. Uh, eight, six, and four. Uh, yeah, I occasionally like reading. Hmm. Alright, thank you. Do you clearly remember the last date that the missing bodies were definitely in their places. Well, so that's that's a bit difficult to confirm. I mean, I was in the catacombs every day, and it took me a couple days to notice. Uh, the thing is, the, the bodies people come to visit in state, uh, usually for a couple of weeks after death, we take very close care of. And these hadn't been visited in some time. I just walked by them, and apparently they were empty so uh it's hard for me to say did morgan tell us that they had died recently relative they weren't bones yet they were whole bodies okay so i'd like to roll insight on her because okay. that's that doesn't seem to add up to what he told us yeah sure roll insight well that's a 13. oh finally i got a not terrible roll dirty 20. <clears throat> she seems cool as a cucumber if she's lying she's an uncrackable nut all right Okay. Hey, Isolde, can you tell us about your siblings? Well, I mean, there's not a lot to tell. Uh, they're all priests of the silent judge. They've, they all had the same upbringing. Uh, they all are married now. And all but one of them has kids currently, and that's it, really. Are you closer to any of them than the others? I mean, we all live in the same house, so I, uh, I think as I hate them all equally. <laughs> that's that's a joke, actually. I don't hate any of my siblings, but um, the house is getting a bit small. Let's say. Has anybody expressed any discontent other than other than the house being too small? There are arguments, you know. Children fight. Adults get pulled in. It is too many people in one roof. So uh, you know, there have been tensions. Uh, Lorraine and Elowin have been bickering for weeks now. What have they been bickering about? Honestly, the same things. They don't agree with each other's parenting style, but they live under the same roof. It's it's always, some child is caught lying. Do they skip dinner? Do they skip dessert? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have any of the children of the house started showing all magical acumen connections to the silent judge? No, no, they're all too young at this stage. At least uh, they would have to be a, quite a progeny to, to be displaying this early. The oldest is only a ten. We have been given to understand that you know how to operate the forklift that Master Galen made some years ago. Oh, yes. Have you ever trained anyone else on how to use that? Mm, no, it's mostly 
abandoned and forgotten, I was shown how to use it many, many, many years ago. Were all of your siblings as well? Oh, yes. Have you ever had friends help work in the crypt or others outside of the family? Uh, any visiting uh, priests? There are occasional volunteers, and of course, all of the bishops have access constantly. You know, when a member of their flock passes, they frequently pay respects to them and, and attend with the family. Have any bishops visited recently? Well, I mean, a number of them, yes. Uh, Orin Lovelight is here almost all the time. Uh, who is Orin Lovelight, bishop of which god? Divine Mercy, yes. Orin is sort of the town's marriage counselor and grief counselor and doesn't care much for politics. Interesting man, though. Very kind. Uh, he's been here a lot. Uh, Riot Emberheart visited a couple times as well. Um, he's the Bishop of Mask. I uh, I did see Rowan Stormbringer once. He's our Green Man Bishop. Like most of the Green Man priests, he's absent. And Veritas Lawbringer, Bishop of Sister Truth, has been by as well. Do you know what business each of them was on? Were, were any of them on interesting business? I mean, there's no real interesting business. It's tending to the dead and counseling families, that sort of thing. My family does most of that, but the bishops make a good show of support whenever they can, particularly if one of the households is more or less aligned with their god or their politics. But nothing about any of their recent visits stood out as odd. No. I mean, I didn't know to be looking for any oddities, so... What was the green man priest doing when... They visited. A man died in a hunting accident not too long ago. It was not entirely unexpected. Frankly, he was too old to be hunting. But when a beast takes a person, the green man priest is often called for counseling. That old man who died in the hunting accident, he was not among the missing bodies? No, no, he died too recently. Like I said, the bodies that are visited regularly were not the ones that are missing. There was one odd thing I did notice, though, and I think it's something maybe one of the children found. But I was digging through my dresser, and someone had put in my underwear drawer, of all places, a finger bone on a silver chain. I, of course, re-interned it, but I guess that's the weirdest thing that I can think of. Is this in the catacombs now? Yes. Can you tell me where? I'm afraid we need to turn over all the stones. I reinterred it immediately in one of the very first places. Again, I don't know who it belonged to, and it's very strange. We only craft with bone if requested, and literally no one has done it in my lifetime. It's such an antiquated... And you found this in your image. underwear drawer? I did, yes. I thought maybe one of the children found it, but I, they deny it. Of course, you know, they're six eight and four. Who knows? Do you have the ability to know if there was something magical about it? There is nothing magical about it. It's, it's just a finger bone on a chain. Someone drilled a hole in it. I guess it looked fairly recent. Can I roll religion to see if there's any significance to this? Sure. Uh, uh -huh. Oh, that's okay. Uh, 18. So you know in ancient times, previous to the Empire, there were burial traditions where people would have their bones crafted into useful items. It was usually in times of plague when like lots of people were dying simultaneously, but it was still actually pretty rare, and almost all of those items were later interned. So this is weird. This is extremely weird. It should not basically exist. No no god is represented by this, this symbol. Yeah, we would definitely like to take a look at it. I mean, I could show it to you. We can walk over there now, I guess. My 
children are occupied enough. Should we question some of the other siblings while we're here? I think we should probably talk to the others while we're here, but, but perhaps when we are done with that, we could make that trip down to the crypt. All right, I'll send one out. Um, she turns around and walks back in, and out comes a man. He's has huge bald patches, receding hairline, heavy-set gentleman, and says, I am, uh, I am Elowin, Orgrim's oldest son. How can I help? Elowin, uh, my name is Bulane. This is Zerus. This is Creedon. We are the Dark Arbiters. We have been tasked with investigating the missing bodies in the crypt. Okay. I know that the exact date the bodies went missing is not terribly known, but it was likely very recent. Have you observed anything odd in the crypts lately, including behavior among your siblings? No. No, it's it's been business as usual. And what does that business look like? Funeral services when someone dies, counseling before and after. Uh, last rites, that's, that's pretty much the whole job. Uh, occasional crypt maintenance. Um, I mean, you know, you know the job. I, I do know the job. I need to know what has gone wrong down there while you all were doing your jobs. Ah, if you ask me, someone must have absconded in under the cover of darkness. They must be someone who can get through a locked gate and get back out. I don't know how they got ten bodies out through the uh, funeral home, but I guess they managed it. I'll roll it tight on him. <laughs> 27. He seems to earnestly believe that they were taken out through the front door, which you Wait, know some, is not somehow. true in okay. any way. And a uh, little off topic, what are your hobbies? Well, my husband and I are, are um, fond of birding. What do you, uh, what's the word? What do you, you go bird watching? You know. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and I'm a big eater, as you can probably tell. I enjoy a fine meal myself. Yes, well, my husband is an excellent cook. You'll have to come by sometime when the, well, when there's less going on, I guess. I don't know. That'd be lovely. Maybe that doesn't happen. <laughs> El Elowen, has, has anything odd happened to you not necessarily tied to the crypt? Have you found anything strange? Any strange objects? Well, I think one of the children broke a bedroom window. Was it his old bedroom? Yes, it was. Was there was there glass all over the floor? No, 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 no. They didn't break the glass part. It was uh, it was the wood. Like it was pried open or something. Well, I guess now that you mention it, it was kind of damaged. Maybe, maybe somebody pried it open. So they were playing outside, and somebody ran, and one of the children ran into it. I mean, that's what I assume. Anyway, that was odd. Um, For no, sure, nobody confessed to doing it. Again, a house full of children. Who's to say? Any other odd things? You know, I think someone's following me. Really? Yes, yes. I, I've seen them on my walks. They don't leave town with me. I've felt someone watching me. Anyway, I don't recognize them. Have you seen them? Uh, yeah, I mean, not close up. They usually are, are a ways behind our walks, but... Has your husband also seen this person? Both seen them. We've commented on it, but again, they seem mostly harmless. It is still odd. I do see them a lot over the last five days in particular. What do they look like? Well, they're a little shorter, but they're always wearing sort of a hood and cowl, like they're ready for rain at all times. Like a halfling or a dwarf, or just you know, short, like um, you know, four and a half feet tall, five feet tall, somewhere in there. What color are the hood and cowl? Brown. And you have never seen their face. No. And they have never said anything to you. Nope. Have you tried to talk to them? No. I, I usually they don't. They're not close enough to strike up a casual conversation so i just i just ignore them have any of your siblings mentioned something similar 
No, not that I know of. But most of them just... I mean, they have they all have children except me, so they just... Either they're here or they're at work. Is this happening every day? Yes. Yeah. Where do you take your walks? Well, so with the kerfluffle, with the prophecy, we've been going west of town instead of east. But just through the farmland usually is a good spot to, to spot hawks. Has he noticed Brandier on Duane's shoulder? You think he has noticed several times and probably knows breed and gender from, mm -hmm. from a distance, but has been polite. Okay. What time do you usually take your walks? Sun up. Sounds like a job for Creighton. <laughs> yeah. I think we move on to the next one. Move on I to the next so one. Too. Next is Lorraine, taller and skinnier than her siblings, uh, and noticeably younger, late 20s. Uh, hello, Lorraine. Hey, I know you're important and busy, but I have a newborn, so if we could be quick. We will try not to take too long. We have been asked by the bishop as part of the Inquisition, to look into the missing bodies from the crypt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have interviewed your father and now two of your siblings. That we, need, we need to ask you a few questions. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are they? Lay them on. Well, I think perhaps first and foremost, has anything odd happened to you in the past week or two? About anything uh, strange? Anybody following you? Strange encounters? No. Conversations? No, no, nothing. What are your hobbies? Uh, honest, honestly, trying to sleep. It's it's been a bit intense. Can I roll insight on her on whether anything else sure. happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a sixteen. I get a twelve. She looks exhausted and anxious. Why are you losing so much sleep? Newborn. Oh, newborn. <laughs> I mean, they, honestly, they slept pretty well for the first uh, week or so, which was great for recovery and all that. But uh, not not anymore. How old exactly are they? Oh, I I just have the one. Mm. I don't I don't know how many days it's been now, but uh, days. Mm. Well, congratulations on the new baby. Thank you. Yes, it's been a, an exciting experience. Life milestones are very important to our family. Have you been taking time off from your silent judge duties due to your late stages of pregnancy? I haven't been in the catacombs for probably a month, a month and a half now. But I've been in the funeral home as recently as uh, about two weeks before I gave birth. So about, about a month. Say, I, I think that there's virtually no way a woman that either is about to give birth or just gave birth would have been able to climb up on that forklift and get I, I I don't think that she is going to have too much information for us. Yeah, you could not have agree. done it on her own, no. But yeah. This one is probably not a lead. <laughs> the next man comes out. This is Thorn. He is a little on the short side, but kind of a skinny gentleman. And he says, how may I help you folks? Have you had anything odd happen to you or any odd encounters, found anything strange in the last several weeks? Nope. Nothing stands out at all? Out of the nope. ordinary? Nobody strange visiting the crypts? Nope. What are your hobbies? <laughs> I guess I like horses. You you guess? What, what yep. do you do in your spare time? I don't really get spare time. I mean, there's like seven kids in this house. Mm. Some of them yours? Only one. I have the 10-year-old. I got you an ever, early start. You ever do any tinkering or um, any work with Gearsmith? No, not really, but I, I'm good with... I've done some leather working in the past. Mm. You know, like I made, I made some saddles and some bridles. Makes sense. Being an equestrian and all. Can I insight him on whether he's lying about anything odd sure. happening? Okay. Uh, 25. 
does not like you. He does not trust you. But you don't think he's lying to you. Thorn, I, I want to be clear that I understand how hard it is to find that a violation has happened in your practice. I have personally come back to my catacombs to find them completely desecrated, and it is a devastating thing to discover. I'd love to hear that story sometime, but this this is just politics. Missing bodies is politics? The whole Inquisition thing is politics. They're all pissed off at the Silent Judge Church because we challenged their saints' legitimacy, and they're taking it out on us, and somebody's making it worse by disappearing some bodies. And to be if like if I'm if I am one hundred percent like honest with you, I bet those bodies were just moved to make us look bad. Is there anybody you would suspect of doing that in particular? Any member of the promise, but if I had if I had to like pick one, Bishop DeWalter Sturgeon, the hand picked and sent here to babysit member of the promise, Church of the Radiant One seems to be frankly the biggest dick i've ever met he's the one who conscripted us <laughs> okay thorn this is very important and I, I do want you to understand that what you tell us is confidential have you had any encounters with bishop de walter sturgeon that lead you concretely to believe that he did this or was responsible for it or are you just angry i don't know if i like what you're implying but i do not have any evidence other than his general state of dickishness. All right. Has he been down to the catacombs in the last few weeks that you know of? I have not seen him down in the catacombs, no. He's only been in town for about a week and a half. All right. Have you had any conversations with him yourself? I mean, only in groups, not one-on-one. -on -one. And frankly, I didn't talk to him. I just listened to him flap his gums and <laughs> I walked away. Did anything that he said stand out to you as suspicious or problematic, other than being a jerk? I think he's out to, to make an example of fine, upstanding members of the Silent Judge Church. That's what I think. What did he say to make you think that? Bodies were missing under your watch. This is your duty and you have failed at it. I will be sending my best investigators, and you must be truthful. I mean, he's just a dick. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> but you understand why we have to treat a suspicion like that very seriously. You do what you gotta do. Seems like a set-up job to me. I haven't seen any undead. Just missing bodies. All right, Thorne, thank you for your time. And another man comes out, and they are sort of tiny and bouncy, like a sort of shaken bag of rabbits almost <laughs> as he comes out you can see him just sort of like bouncing on the back of his feet and he says i'm i'm kalar nice to meet you you're you're investigators uh we are investigating on behalf of the inquisition the missing bodies from the crypt are you the youngest kalar second youngest actually oh. um but uh but um but um i don't um i've got a lot of like energy you know and um um hey i didn't i didn't do anything with no bodies uh like i my job is usually in the front in the funeral home place and mm -hmm. not in the catacomb so obviously it, it wasn't me and I, I you know if you look real hard at me uh you might see that i have been a little fresh uh with a lady friend uh who is not my wife 
and I would like you to just overlook that, please, because it's it's not what it looks like. So, Kyla. Yeah, yeah. Aside from not your wife, what do you do for fun? Creighton wants to roll insight on this. Oh, um, I'm uh, I'm popular. I'm popular around town. Uh, I get pretty social with folks. Uh, I like running. I'm really good mm. at running. And um, I like to go down to the pub and uh, chat with people and, and play games. Faster ones, like dice, you know? Those are good. Yeah. You tinker or do any uh, craft work? Oh, yeah. All the time. All the time. Uh, like I sew, and uh, I had a leatherworking thing for a while. I fixed shoes for a little bit. I got really good at fixing oh, shoes. Cobbler, all right. Oh, carpentry was fun. I, I should get back into carpentry. I see. Creighton got a 17 on Insight uh, whenever he was mentioning the... Uh... Uh, you don't think this man could lie if his life depended oh, on it. okay. So I guess his wife probably already knows. Hey, Laura, other than your dalliances, has anything odd happened in the last week that you can think of strange people turning up conversations strange objects oh yeah no the vibe's been off the vibe's been real off how do you mean there's been somebody like i could tell you know like um when you walk into a room and you know somebody's been in there you know what i mean it hits you um anyway there's been there's been moments like when i come home and the kids are over here but i hear something moving over there all right, I walk into a room that no one's been in, but it it it's got that that smell, you know, like someone's been in there. Specifically in your house? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Last couple of days. I know Isold's window was damaged with the kids playing. Any other unusual damage around the house? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, the kids the kids wreck a lot of stuff, so you know, the laundry's always unfolded and. The silverware is never where it's supposed to be, and the toys are all over the floor. That You know, it's normal. Um, have you gone looking for any evidence of somebody being in the house? Sort of. I mean, I've been looking around, and I, I... So there's been a... There's been a guy. There's been a guy. I'm pretty sure it's a guy. He's been in the house. But he's not a part of the family, I can tell. Brown cloak? I did... I did see a man with a brown cloak, but he wasn't... I didn't see him when he was in the house, but I have seen him. And you do not know who he is? No, no, he doesn't live around Was he here. short? I've not seen him at the bar. I've never played dice with him or nothing. I don't know him. I don't know him any money or anything. Short stature? Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he, he's short. I'm short too, but he's short also. I was going to ask if you ever play any longer games like chess. I have trouble. I have trouble focusing. If the other person doesn't take fast moves, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too much. I'm pretty fast if you fancy a game. For a little wager. Have you just been trying to find somebody to play dice with you this whole time? He he freezes up and he's like, a wager, you say? Maybe we'll finish yeah, our conversation and play. I'd be up for a wager. All right. Don't don't tell my wife, though. She doesn't like it when I gamble. <laughs> you know I won't. This poor Do you wife. gamble often? I mean, no, but yes, most times. Like when the opportunity presents itself. But she has gone down to the bar and yelled at all of them a number of times. And most of them won't gamble with me anymore. <laughs> what vibe have you been getting off of this brown cloaked figure well i don't it's just been weird you know like weird i've been seeing him outside like looking and i feel there's just something in the house that's not right you know you know how you put something down and you never can find it mm -hmm. sometimes i've been putting stuff down and i know where i put it and it's there but it's not 
it's not exactly where I put it. When you've seen this figure, has it been a certain time of day? Yeah, I guess I see him around, around um, you know, when we all go to work, usually. And did you did you see this person before you all noticed that the bodies were missing, or only after? Like it's only after. Only last couple of days. Sounds like it might be worth casing this house. In the estate of Coin Lord's Astility, we see a dozen heavily armed and armored knight mercenaries lining the walls of an entertaining parlor. A regal man in fine clothing sits behind a desk, and standing awkwardly on the other side of that desk are four men, one clasped in irons. Chom leans in. So, these are the guys I was talking about. They got your son here, too. I stake my giant blood on their reputation, so just, you know, hear them out, and a deal's a deal. I have accepted this meeting to reclaim my son. Max strikes a somewhat heroic pose. We can get that business out of the way first, Mr. Zestildi. I believe you know Dicky, the devious, notorious pirate and firebomber, who is not in empirical custody, but right here, because we came through on our end of the deal. Seems he came into town for a trade after the Navy left to go dragon hunting. We see a disheveled Dicky. It's clear he put up a fight before being clasped in irons, and the bruises are very swollen in shades of purples and yellows. Dicky remains silent with a look of absolute hatred in his eyes. Welcome back, my son. You'll be placed under house arrest and begin a curriculum of reform immediately. I have made arrangements for you to be transferred to the Southern Isles in three months' time, so you can assist your sister with the family business. As for you gentlemen, I believe I owe you a bounty. Nah, nah, we got bigger fish to fry. Let's forget about the coin. I want to make a better, bigger business deal. Let me guess. You want the assassination contract canceled? Nah, nah, I mean, you could do whatever you want with that. We already dispatched seven assassins and are back from slaying a dragon. I don't think anybody's going to make a move for the price you're offering. No, what I want is a kind of a, an information deal, an ally, uh, an alliance, that sort of thing. See, Dread here tells me that you lead a social club here locally, and that that club's recent activities were foiled by your son, and it turns out that the goals of your social club don't exactly conflict with the goals of our little social club. Even though we don't love your methods, we seem to agree on the results. So here's the business pitch. You take a break from your dragon turtle lighthouse cult that you're doing. With Dickie out of the picture, you can always go back to it. Maybe it'll work a second time. You know, if it even makes sense still. Instead, you sell the stories of all the Empire's little failures to Samu Eliard's Tuscan Times. He takes the risk. You make some extra coin. The Empire's exposed for their corruption throughout the provinces of Old Fenrir. Meanwhile, my people push for a succession of the province. Give me a year. You don't like the results? You and your people can go back to whatever plan you got going on with Beach Crown. You win some, we win some, and more importantly, my allies are your allies, and your allies are mine. I have been told you channel the power of a mask. Am I to assume, then, this agreement is with the mist or the chalice? Hey, you know, I don't like labels. A little of column A, a little of column B. Look, the promise wants out of the money pit that is the provinces. The faded want less church restriction in the provinces, and the chalice is ready to show the empire its own reflection. All we gotta do is make the costs of that little bit of extra money and goods they get out of Turtle Bay very, very clear. You're close to winning, 
You're closer to winning than you ever knew. You you just got to stop making martyrs and don't rally the conservative faction against you by siding with some damn cult. You are almost across the finish line. Just just one year. Give me a year. Zestilde looks out his window at the smoking ruins of his last plan, surveying the city he loves and the navy ships he secretly hates. He's quiet for a long while. Deal. You bought yourself one year, not a day longer. I will not regret this. In his eyes is a whole hell of a lot more than a threat. I was thinking of sending Brandier after Elowin yeah. to watch his walk tomorrow morning. That's not a bad idea. Well, I guess it's time for that game. No, that's the last sibling, but we, we need we need Isold to take us down and show us this finger bone. We'll be Y'all quick. could go ahead and go to the pub if you want, and oh, Bulane and yeah. I could go get this I'll finger bone. I mean, I, I don't expect this to be a dangerous trip. Yeah, Kalar, could you, if you do not mind, Isold was going to show us something in the crypt, and I would also like to speak to Elowin again. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll go get him. And he bounces into the house, and then immediately comes out wearing a jacket and says, let's go, let's go, let's go. I take off with him towards the pub, I buy him a round of drinks, and I con, hopefully, two gold out of him. So he sucks at dragon chess, I just determined. The roll of a dice. You get two gold. Are you going to hustle him? Well, no, but I'm being completely greedy, and I have advantage mm-hmm. when I'm being a greedy asshole. He gets a seven. That's uh 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win your two gold. <laughs> you ruined sure. this man. I buy him a round of drinks. You're going to get him in so much trouble with his wife. His wife is going to come and kill you. <laughs> um, we'll see what fate has to say about that. Boulain, Elowin steps out again. Perhaps it is serendipitous that you are into birds. This is Brandier. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. is my familiar. Mm-hmm. And I would like to leave him with you overnight to watch the house and then to follow you on your walk tomorrow to see if he can see this figure who has been following you. Would that be all right? I would love that. Yeah, no, he's great here. And he puts his finger up for the bird and the bird sort of hops on his, you know, wrist. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. He puts up a uh, finger he, to a huge bird. <laughs> it's more like his whole arm. <laughs> really, he should have a leather glove on. Your bird is careful. It's very smart. Your brander is a gentleman. <laughs> he does not require much. He likes to eat meat if you have some on hand. Carrie, I have seeds, but uh, we could find some meat. Yes, and perhaps we will be by, back by around noon tomorrow to check in and see what... Oh, absolutely. Brandir, be kind. Be good. If Brandir sees anything, we may be back sooner. Thank you for letting us set up that surveillance for you. Isold comes out and says, all right, let me take you to the, the place where I put it. Uh, yes, and thanks again, Isold, for being willing to show us this thing. I know you all are very busy with the children. Getting out of the house is actually kind of nice. She takes you around to the crypt, pulls a key out and unlocks the door because it is late enough that it's all locked up, walks you down with a lantern and makes it just a little ways past where the bodies are missing to where it is solidly skeletal remains. She reaches into one of the alcoves and pulls out a finger bone on a silver chain. All right, I will cast detect magic again. No magic. Can we investigate this sure. chain and see if there's anything odd about it? 
You want to help Creedon? Yeah. It is a nice chain. It's newer than you would expect for bone jewelry, which should be truly ancient at this time. And there is a hole that's drilled in it. It doesn't look like a clean job. Isolde, who do you know who would work with silver? Is there a silversmith in town? Well, yes. There's a blacksmith who also does some fairly delicate silversmithing work on the side. I've never known him to make like jewelry chains. He's more like pitchers and forks and things. Is there anyone in town who would be doing delicate work like this? No, usually you'd have to go to Astragar for some something this fine. I know that you have taken the effort to reinter this, which is absolutely what you should have done. I need to confiscate this as evidence. You're also of the faith. I trust you to reinter it wherever you find yourself when you don't need it anymore. I am happy to fill out the paperwork to take responsibility for it. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> All right. She, she will, they'll go to the office and she will sign whatever form she needs for it and then take it with her. Okay. We'll go find Zerus at the bar. Debrief. Sure. Yeah, I think it's almost time to turn in anyway, I imagine. Uh, as you're about to arrive at the bar, a man walks in. You recognize Reman. Oh, shit. The secret state agent mm -hmm. from Sternheim. He's walking into the bar? Yeah, he walks right into the bar, right it's after a, you, pretty this much. This is a terrible joke. Wait, wait, who is this guy again? He was the guy in Sternheim who asked for basically clemency because of who he was and who he was tied to. Oh. He was also the trigger dude who started the whole fight with the centaurs. Oh, God, that guy. That guy, yeah. Does he seem to recognize us? Yeah. Yeah, no, he looks over and nods at you and then walks over to the bar and orders dinner. Elaine will try to look cool and <laughs> just go and find Zerus and sit at his table and nod, nod in that direction. Creedon will join. Coincidence? Probably not. But uh, how tall is Raymond? Five five. So too tall to be this cloaked figure. The fourth brother's probably right. I wondered. At least the closest to the truth is none of them have hobbies or interests that suggest they care about the lift. No, um, except possibly Kalar. But he also seems interested in everything. Yes, he has hobbies and interests in everything enough that nothing is his wheelhouse. So mm -hmm. I don't think any of them operated the lift uh, she will pull out the finger bone on the chain and kind of closed hand deliver it to Zerus so that he can take a look at it uh religion sure 21 so there was a period in time where people would turn bones into jewelry and helpful household objects it is centuries out of date as a practice it was religious in nature when it happened but it is basically unheard of in the modern era and so there's really no indicator that any religion you know of would still support this. So is this actually forbidden in the silent judge order, or is it just, it's just really rare? Someone would have to request that their body be made into something specific at the time of their demise, and it's just not done anymore. Okay, I actually, I have a question that possibly my 10 investigation would have answered. How old is the finger bone? Well, your 10 investigation won't tell you how old the finger bone is, but your medicine skill is sufficient. This bone is probably 30 years old. Okay. You mean from a 30-year-old or 30 years dead? 30 years dead. She says, well, I can tell you that the bone as an adult has been dead at least 30 years, but the chain is brand new. 
and quite delicate and silver. But there's nothing special about the chain, right? It could be any silver chain. Yep. Uh, my concern is that this is a portion of the past returning. That certainly seems to line up with events and omens. Well, they're looking at the bone. Creedon kind of wants to uh, be trying to like surreptitiously glance at Raymond and kind of see what he's up to. Is he meeting with anyone? Nope, he is currently eating some potatoes and ham. He's not talking to anybody. Nope, he is all alone at the bar. He wolfs down his dinner. He slaps down some coins and stands up and walks out. Okay, so he doesn't appear to be staying here. Well, we don't know that. I hate to sound paranoid, but we should set up a watch for the night. Sure. I'm fine with that. I don't like it when other characters know more than we do. <laughs> if you let Boulain go into her trance for the first four hours, she could just stay up the rest of the night. I'm all right with that. Before Creedon goes to bed, I think that she does want to try to commune with the gods. Although I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Is this like, whenever I first picked up the coin, I was able to speak with both of them. Can I speak with both of them? Or is this like a one at a time situation? I will tell you mechanically... You can speak with both of them at dawn or dusk. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so I guess Creedon shows up, tries to do her thing, and is like, oh, missed it. She'll try to wake up at dawn. <laughs> we will skip forward to dawn. Creedon, you're in your room. Go ahead and roll me a religion roll, please. That is a six. <laughs> there is a booming voice in your head. What you assume is masculine voice, it's it's honestly a little difficult to give it a gender, rolls into your mind and says, Creedon, I am pleased that you continue your dedication. Why have you contacted me? Uh, I, I had a couple of questions about some of the goings-on in this town. Tuscan is a town under my protection. Ask your questions. There is, uh, there, there seems to be a, a prophecy. All of the gods have been responding to various diviners with about world reeling and veils sundering. I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what it means, and I'm hoping you can tell me a little bit more. Typically, when a god wishes to send a prophecy, they attach an angel to a star and cast it to earth. None of the gods cast this to the earth. Oh. How do the gods know what the message is? It rings through the heavens. Do you know about this creature that I found? The Herald, yes. Did did it come with from the star? Is this the angel? It is difficult for me to answer this question. Your modern theology does not account for some of the coincidences that are afoot. In ages past, there are different types of prophecies. This Herald is not an angel. It is a force of the chaos of the universe. Primordial element. Should I be trying to make sure that this prophecy is fulfilled? Creedon, you are now a leader of men. You decide what you want, and you make the best decision for all who will follow you. And you guide them like the sun into the darkness. That is both wonderful to hear that I don't have to do things that I don't want to do, and also that feels like a lot of responsibility. Why me? You touched the coin. For a millennia it lay dormant. In an age past, 
The sun and the moon traded places in the sky, and that ritual of time was worshipped by an ancient type of man. You are holding the last remnant of that civilization. But why were you dealing with Baba Yang in order to get someone to find this coin? Goddess of curses and hexes. Her time has passed on the mortal realm. She feels that the world is about to shift again. And in her wisdom, you will be the person who leads it out of the darkness. You will not use curses or hexes for this. You must be a leader. I, uh... I will. Roll me persuasion. Let's see, that is a 25. The last time a prophecy of this kind fell to the world, all of the gods were in upheaval. A prophecy of this magnitude dictates a reforging of the heavens. The last time mortals learned how the divine realm works, they destroyed it. This prophecy means we will do this again. Destroying the Pantheon? Elaine would like to cast a ritual of divination while the other two are asleep. She takes out her brazier, does the prayers and the incense, and waits a moment and says, My lady, is there anything you can give me to help me understand this prophecy? In the room in the inn, as you say your prayer, a cold breeze blows and you see the windows frost over with condensation and very slowly across the panes of glass is written uh, in reverse even the gods are temporary okay i think she sits and stares at that until it warms up enough to drip away Early in the morning, just as soon as the sun comes up, Brandir is rustled up and hops on the shoulder of these two middle-aged gentlemen. As they walk outside, Brandir sort of scans the area, and there is a somewhat short figure, maybe in like a rain poncho, just sort of trailing. They described him as having the hood up, so I can't see his face, right? That's pretty much exactly what reindeer can see. Definitely humanoid. The unique gate. Uh, roll me... Let's do investigation. Oh, that's not great. 14. Whenever it goes to look at this couple that it's following, it shades its eyes. But only when it's looking at the couple, not when it's looking anywhere else. Whenever it's trying to look in the distance, yeah. Kidook. Yeah, about an hour or two later, the, the two men are done with their walk. Again, that person was just sort of waiting by the house, watching. Does he stay waiting when they go in, or does he walk away again? Well, he stays waiting. At this juncture, everyone is probably awake. Bulane says the figure is at the house now. We could try to catch him. I think that we should. All right. Yeah. Off we go. Uh, she will have mm. Brandier keep eyeballs on him while we make our way to the house so that... We know to change course if we need to. You get to the house, and about you know, four or five houses down, sort of sitting on a stump, is this this guy in some sort of large rain poncho with a hood over his head. It, is it raining? No. Good morning. 
two gloved hands come out from the rain poncho and they make a symbol in the air. Do I recognize the symbol? What languages do you speak? Elvish in common? No. I speak Sylvan Celestial in common. Nope. I use uh, Celestial, Abyssal, and Religion. I speak religion. <laughs> religion. <laughs> when you don't respond, he stands up and he brings his hands to his face. And he makes one snapping gesture with one hand, like a mouth moving. And then he crosses his other hand in front of it. Can you write? They can't speak. The head bobs. All right. She brings out a day journal and a pen and hands it to him. He writes out, can I help you? Question mark. We thought we might ask you the same thing. He circles his question mark. Why are you following this family? He writes on it, divine orders. From whom? Archbishop. Which one? He points his finger at your chest. Why? Heresy. Because he suspects heresy? Investigation. And what are you finding? He hands you back the notebook and gestures with, with his hand to follow him. Okay. He walks across town, stops at a door, and turns the knob. And there's a little cottage. It's got a sort of main room and a back bedroom. And in a pile in the corner is this mound of blankets. And Raymond is sitting in it, sipping a little cup of tea. And that is our episode today. Primary suspects remain Galen Gearsmith, though two other bishops had access to the catacombs without clear business. Bishop of the Mask, God of Rebellion and Children, and Bishop of Sister Truth, Goddess of the Law. They seem to have cleared Morgrim's children and are now trying to figure out who is framing them. And they know the ten bodies missing from the catacombs are likely in one of the six farmhouses east of town. Are they just harassing local citizens for someone else's political gain? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.